episode 134 of the bad taste video podcast i am mike i'm here with anthony i'm here with grizz Yo. and we're here this week with a movie that's probably the most uh what successful critically the movies that we've done yeah that we've done so far at least the only movie that we've done that has one best picture that's uh, a pretty that's is a pretty that true deal, man. yeah yes best best actor and best well, actress too. City of the Vampires didn't fucking win that shit. Say, we have pretty good taste. I'm I'm pretty I'm ast- astonished right now that that's the fact. We, yeah, we, we did movies Jeez, that we, we've done movies that won Oscars before, but not the top top five Oscars. Polonia Brothers well, never took home an Oscar. Is that what you're trying to tell me no, right now? Sadly. They should have. They should have lost that scream, man. Criminal Dude, theaters too. I Are agree. you kidding me? Come on. So, this week we watched Silence of the Lambs, a movie based on a book, but not a remake of the movie that came out before it. Uh, Probably the best of the whole series. Yeah. Right? Of all the movies that have to do with Hannibal Lecter and that whole story. At least I think so. I was going to say, I wait for Anthony to be like, but what about Manhunter? Well, no, no. So, so yeah, I, I think I said it last week was that Technically, when this movie came out, even though it was done by different production company, different people that own the rights, it was technically a sequel. But then years later, they like redid the Manhunter with Red Dragon, which was a prequel. So they they fucked with this cat like uh, <laughs> chronologically for for years. Yeah, yeah, already a weird start, right? Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'll talk about the the inception of this this group taking over the franchise. Ooh, later. The inception. So this movie was released on February 14th, 1991, which was the same date that Nothing But Trouble was uh, released on, which is an episode that we just did. Go listen. So go Great back episode. and yeah, go back and listen to that. But for some reason this movie feels so much older. I, I don't know why. Right? I this know. feels like a movie that would have came out in the late 80s. No way. I dude, I feel like Nothing But Trouble is the movie that feels uh-huh. way older and this one feels ahead of its time. I really just something about this movie just maybe because I was young when it came out so it, it felt like an old you know what I mean it feels older because of that it's a visual and, uh, thing for me you like nothing but trouble looks yeah. older but this kind of has a it's its own unique visual thing going on so I guess it feels more modern to me but I, I totally get the young thing because I remember it coming out yeah I well I'm saying like I saw nothing but trouble before I saw this you know what I mean where like yeah. maybe that's why this feels older because I was too young to watch this when it first came out so like I had to wait till I was a little bit you know put a few years on before I can watch this one 
put your big boy pants on for this uh, adult themes in this one here. Yeah, put my put my fucking big boy pants. Put on your big old, big, great, great, big old great, 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 big old big boy pants on. Great big fat person. So. Oh my god! So like recently, uh, for this for this past week, I've been like trying to, I've been super busy, but I've been trying to like respark some some love specifically from the '90s. So I've been like rewatching all of the old X Files stuff. I found that it's on Hulu, starting with like all the seasons. So I started with season one. Uh, I'm up to episode five right now, which is like the Jersey Devil episode, and I just can't get over how fucking good these actually are still they hold up so well dude the x-files like that was probably one of the best shows ever made if you're into sci-fi like that shit is fucking great well horror too but like that shit is great man i remember watching that when it was actually coming out like when it was new i used to watch it like fucking every week i was obsessed with I that could, as a dude, kid this, this i loved it scared me when i was a kid i remember like uh <clears throat> my parents would watch it and i would hear the fucking theme song like in my bedroom and I would just that oh, yeah. alone would scare me. I'd be like, all right, fuck this. I need to like put some cartoons on or something. This is getting heavy out there. For some odd reason, like the thing that freaked me out about the X-Files as a kid was like in the intro, like the white shadow guy. That yeah. The theme, it was weird. I think parents made it like more scary. Yeah. That's their kids. You're 100% right. Yeah. My dad was like, you can't watch this. I'm like, do you know what movies I've seen? That's I'm the sick. thing, yeah. I'm sick. Yeah. Some of the episodes were pretty scary, though. Like for a kid to watch, like some of the shit was pretty gruesome, yeah. man. It's funny. Par- parents would talk about how scary X Files is and how bad of a person Marilyn Manson is. And now, as he an adult, a, we a, agree with both of them. They were onto some shit. That's for sure. Do you see that Hard Times article oh. when you and your parents finally agree that Marilyn Manson's a piece of trash? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long road, but we're here. Oh my god. Yo, you know, it's a great X Files episode when it's like a cops parody. Yeah, right. I I think there's, and there's like a werewolf, I think. Right, well, and they're like in the I hood. I love werewolf stuff too. I thought that whole that whole. I think it was it when Mulder. It's been so long since I watched when um, Mulder's like final few episodes, like that whole saga where like he's they're driving like in the desert for fucking like it's like uh, fucking phantasm. Oh my god, that that show is great. And the movies are fucking great too. I thought the movies were great too. I think I watched the first mo- the the first one not that long ago. Pretty good. Liked it. They said they just keep going. They, they're always going to pump them out. They just, they just pump them out like every 10 years. Hey, man. I, uh, I'm i down for more X-Files. Always down for more. I'm down for a reboot. Yeah, hell yeah. So this week we watched Silence of the Lambs. A not quite a horror movie, right? Murder, mystery, Ugh. crime, thriller, suspense. cop. Suspense, drama. Such a good fucking movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> Put so many fucking labels on it made on a 19 million dollar budget this movie made 272 million 742,922 dollars damn damn imagine yeah that's a return it changed this movie i remember as a kid vividly seeing like when 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 oscar season happened as a kid like especially my family was like a big deal and i remember um the culture the culture behind this movie and how like everybody was just doing the like Hannibal Lecter impressions Anthony Hopkins who was already like a very prestigious actor is now like now like t- 
to like is this like even bigger than he was and like oh like everyone was wearing the mask like on talk shows yeah and that mask was only in the movie for how long like yeah. like what like five minutes Dude, that shit's on the simpsons yeah. and all that oh, right yeah. it, it really was like a pop culture phenomenon just yeah. like uh just like Friday the 13th, how you started seeing all that shit in yeah. the mainstream. Nightmare on Elm Street, same thing. Yeah. The Shining, the one Kruger. that we just covered also. Very similar uh, as far as pop culture references that still hold up yeah. today. Yeah. You're going to see references with this shit. Yep, and a similar thing. Like, is The Shining a horror movie? Like, it feels like it at some points, yeah. but really, you know, it can be that's considered to you. That huge laundry list could easily apply to, yep. to both okay of let's, let's talk about the shining now okay <laughs> shining <laughs> so anthony you said that this won best the, won a bunch of oscars but it won the big one best, best picture. picture um best actor uh best actress i'm not sure direct i don't think it won director i think costner might have won yeah, yeah so this is legitimately no, the costner, most, what am I uh, like critically acclaimed as you would say yeah, uh, I'll look. I'll look. I'll just double check if it won anything else. It probably won best um, adapted screenplay, probably too. Let me look. So, would you on opening weekend have seen this or Nothing But Trouble? I would. Oh, I, so I would do matinee, Nothing But Trouble, Sabaros in the middle, and Sons of Lambs at night. <laughs> close. <laughs> that you're, was. That was. Yeah. You're close, but dude, the best way to do it is you go to Nothing But Trouble. You fucking hide in the bathroom for an hour and a half in the stall. And then you sneak in to go see Silence of the Lambs for free. That's how we used to do it back in the Dude, day. That's how you do it. Boom. We used to all just chip in and we'd uh, have somebody go in through the front. He'd pay for the ticket, go out the back, open the door for us. And it would look like in the gates of hell when the maggots are like fucking blowing through the window. <laughs> That's what it was like. All the kids scurrying in like roaches. The old the back door like special. Usher. But no, yeah, I mean, guys, I, I, I not to be confused with <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going in like the movie on Friday, Saturday night. I don't think it's like this anymore, but like we would go in and you'd be walking through the, like across the row and you'd be hearing like cling, 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 like all the bottles fucking falling over and oh, shit. Yeah. I don't think it's like that anymore, right? I think you just like buy beer in the theater. Are you serious? So, okay, you I was right. in theaters? Right? Can't you get a beer in a theater now, Anthony? Yeah. I like it plays like a lot of places do that now. Yeah. Um so it won best director which never gets brought Those up. Are fancy. He won best director, it won best won best picture. I won a bunch of awards. Dude. It fucking killed. I could see why. Best adapted screenplay, best uh best actor, best actress. Yeah, that's this all. It did win best story. I don't know, I for some reason I thought uh, the year before was uh Dances with Wolves. Oh, oh, I, oh, I see here too. Uh, best on screens come shot. So that's a, a great yeah. award to have. That's <laughs> no, very it's not rare. Hey, the best throw. The hey, best throw. Hey, hey, come on, man. I already told you that's not come. It's blood. Oh, oh my God. That's <laughs> he said. It. It's blood. White he blood. It. It's classic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Reminds yeah, me of so, a good Cannibal Corpse song. <laughs> dude, 1991, man. This is a good year for that shit, right? Yeah, you know what? You fucking bad taste dumbasses. Why don't we uh, why don't we go back to nineteen ninety one? Mike, why don't you set the scene a little bit? Alright, so it's nineteen ninety one and something came out I guess like a week yeah, about a week before this movie. And I th- I think it's pretty cool because you had actually been able to play it 
at the theater when you went to go see Silence of the Lambs. Street Fighter 2 for the arcade was released. Oh, so you would Yeah, you would Dude, you would have been able to play that thing to death before seeing Silence of the Lambs or Nothing But Trouble. Dude, honestly, as much as I loved going, like we had a huge fucking Tinseltown theater, which I guess might yeah. be, I don't even know if it's Tinseltown still or Regal. It's one of those like giant, you know, conglomerate fucking theaters or whatever. AMC. But they had a huge arcade and that was almost like yeah, better man. than going to the movie. Arcade. What's great that? Galleria. It's a great big fat arcade. It's yeah, a great, great big fat arcade. <laughs> That was honestly better than going to the movies sometimes was actually Dude. getting to go and to, to play some of those games in there. Yeah, man. I used to, I remember going to like the Broadway mall, had the old arcade in the back of the mall. And like, I remember playing like Time Crisis and like yeah. all those fucking games and going, that's yeah. nice. Sabaros. It was, I don't even like Sabaros. It was just like being in the mall. And yeah. Anthony just like the ambiance of Ambiance. So, like, <laughs> I, 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 I just cheese, tomato and bread. Just give me that. And I'll be fine. <laughs> I feel like also that was a time, though, that we didn't really have, you know, maybe you had like Sega at home or still like a regular Nintendo where you didn't have options of like what you were going to play. You had like fucking five games and that was it. So like when you would go to the arcade, it was like, shit, I'm going to play fucking Ninja Turtles. I'm going to play Alien versus Predator. You know what I mean? I'm going to play all this dumb shit. And it was a different experience too than playing, you know, like a Sega or Super Nintendo or any of those things. It was like, you know, you and your buddy standing there playing this game on like these joy pads that were just completely unique to an arcade experience so much so that people would like try to replicate that at home years later with like these giant fucking joy pads that i see people playing with and shit dude speaking of 1991 terminator 2 i mean Uh, i'm sure the game didn't come out in 1991 but that arcade game was sick also the super nintendo game sucked well because you didn't have the gun that was going Yeah. Hand as the pinball shooting. game the pinball game was oh, so fucking good. good one it's got uh, the gun handle so, right yeah the gun handle uh, to, to shoot the ball i uh i wish that uh, they would have made like a uh, maniac mansion type game for this like silence of the lambs point and click like solve the fucking mystery i used to love those yeah. type of games i'm sure somebody did you think so i have I'm to look sure into that dude, That'd be I'm, fun I'm, as sh- fuck. I'm sure it's out there it's gotta be so after all this time and like all the fame that this movie has like accrued over the How years, would there not be a game? Yeah, and I feel like that's probably an easy thing for people to program. It's not exactly like three D rendering and all that yeah. shit. So, you know, uh, maybe give it a Google. It might be out there. The old Googs. Um, I was gonna say what 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 ta- what are we? What's going on right now as we're recording this right now? What big event is happening right now? Oh. We are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, but we do not care about football. Well, unfortunately, it's I don't know if it's a it's a it's a coincidence, but the trailer for the new Silence of the Lambs TV series Clarice just premiered. The trailer wow. just came out. Oh shit! Coincidentally, yeah, because Hannibal got canceled, and now this is a different company. Doing <laughs> that it. didn't work. Let's try again. again. Going Let's back to the well. well just Clarice. That's Clarice. <laughs> it's probably just this one's just Silence of the Lambs. Apparently. This is going to just be back yeah. to the well again. Yeah. How many things? Oh. Like, how could you really <laughs> just keep making fucking movie and show I, and everything? Like, money grabs. I really wanted to talk about that scene at some point today. Where, if anyone noticed that scene where they had to pull Clarice to go to like 
West like, Virginia. But they pull her out of the, the training where they're in the fake town square. I have so many questions about that fake town square. <laughs> like, do like is there someone working in the buildings? Do, do they have pay actors to be there all day? <laughs> like, so like, are any of the things open? <laughs> like, can you eat lunch there? Well, I feel like there's actually a lot more that we have to say about the movie. So why don't we hit the trailer and we'll get into that a little bit more. You spook easily, Starling? Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, skins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. But he's a monster. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're gonna catch him, do you realize that? Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. You told me you don't spook easily. You call this easy, sir? Lester's missing hand arm. Man's a raving maniac. Who knows what he'll do? Silence of the Lambs. Grizz, this was your idea, so it's time for you to do a synopsis. A young FBI student struggling to prove herself is given the case to break Hannibal Lecter to try to solve the ongoing case of Buffalo Bill. There you go. That's good that enough. Good. That enough. was good. Thanks. Took me yeah. a while, but I got it. Yeah, yeah. You did great. Thank you. So, like we said, this movie isn't really a horror movie, right? It's like a police procedural with Ooh. psychological Look at you. drama. A police yeah. procedural. <laughs> I like that. Well, that's what it is, right? Isn't that what people call shit like this? People. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> Who are they? Who are we? <laughs> Who are they? We are Devo. All right. <laughs> we are D. That's great. Can that be the new intro from now on? Yes. <laughs> so this movie kicks off with uh, Agent Clarice Starling, who is our main uh, protagonist here, right? Jodie Foster playing this. The only uh, Clarice Starling, in my opinion, will always and forever yeah. be Jodie Foster. I fucking hate her. Yeah, I agree. Anything else she has ever been in. Really? But goddamn, she is great as Agent Starling. She she was amazing. And are you, are you now Julianne Moore? No, I <laughs> Julianne Moore. <laughs> this is it. She called it. She knew that the Hannibal was gonna suck. She's like, I'm not doing this movie. So we see Agent Starling running, right? Training. She's an FBI agent. Uh, 
I'm an I, FBI agent. I guess technically she is. She's working on becoming an agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not exactly an agent yet, but she's summoned to uh, who I guess is like the head of her city's, you know, department. Jack Crawford, kind of sleazy, right? Kind of, uh, kind In of a love. Dick. Yeah. Love. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know, because. Oh, are you kidding me? He was for sure. He never really makes a pass. He was. I don't get sleazy from this guy. I don't know. Like, okay, hold up. You guys are like giving this dude a bad name. And I'm like, this dude's just trying to help a girl who was like a student of his at one time. I don't know. You guys are. Wait, did you, did you not see the end of the movie where he's just standing there? Like, he's like, well, I'll let you get to that phone call. (laughs) Like, he was like waiting for her to be like, oh, you want to do something after this? Like, you're like, well. I came. I got go go got that phone call. A, I feel a like sleazy man would have made a move. He was a gentleman. Shook the hand and said, "Have a nice day, madam." And fucking. Oh, left. he was. I'm sure he was sitting in the parking lot waiting for. Her. <laughs> See now, I'm not talking about sleazy like he was trying to bang her. Yeah, I'm saying, that's like, what I mean. That's saying, Anthony. I think you were saying that he was trying to bang her. <laughs> yeah, I got the want a relationship. I'm saying that like he lied to her throughout the whole thing. The whole time he's lying to her. Not one thing that he says is fucking truthful. Lying or is he using her as a... That sounds horrible. Is he... Uh, okay, he's lying to her. But it's for <laughs> a lying. purpose. It's for uh, an end goal that is for a common good. Well, like even right away, man. He's like, oh, I gave you an A in that class. And she's like, A minus. So he's lying right off the bat. A minus. She checks him. He's remembering things a little differently. (laughs) Now, he summons Agent Starling to his office because he wants her to help out with this uh, ongoing, I guess, criminal investigation on Buffalo Bill, who is a, I guess, nationally renowned serial killer at this point. Really like a Ted Bundy type character, right? Really making uh, a name doing, for himself, you know? Really really stamping the Buffalo Bill into history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they figure that maybe if we send this uh, young woman to speak to other renowned serial killer, Hannibal Lecter, maybe, you know, he'll talk to her. Well, it also now, helps that he happens to be a fucking psychiatrist doctor cannibal Hannibal Lecter so it's like not only will he try to like talk to her but he they want her to get this like psychological profile of who the killer Buffalo Bill is because that's like his expertise that's like what he's known for and he's also a fucking serial killer so he's got that benefit also but how old how old how old is supposed to Cleary is supposed to be here? I, f- I totally forgot. Like what? Like early twenties? No, she's either in her late twenties or early thirties. So so think about being this. She's like not f- out of the academy yet, and she's doing all this stuff. But also, I, I like the sub. It's not really that big, but also she's also getting a lot of um, like like heat from the people at the like the 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 the, the, the um I guess would you say the asylum or like um where electors at to. Also, like the FBI is asking her to get all these um, information about him uh, from Lecter about Buffalo Bill, but also they want the the actual asylum wants her to say, "Oh, when you talk to him, let let us know what he's saying to you." So all these people are pulling her. Oh, you got to get Buffalo Bill information, but also we want information on Lecter from another source. So she's like being pulled out of all these directions, and she's not even like out of the academy yet. 
Yeah, they want to use her as like a almost like a decoy. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, to get more information from Lecter because he knows Crawford and he he wants nothing to do with him. Yeah, he, he right. Like Crawford. he keeps calling him names whenever like he's brought up. He's always like, oh, that fucking like that snake or some shit. He always has some like derogatory remark about Crawford. I identify yep. with Mr. Lecter or Dr. Lecter, sorry, quite a bit just because yeah. I too have a problem with authority and people who are in that position. And I think that's really what it comes down to. He's a rat in a cage. And despite all of his rage, that's all he'll ever be. It's 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 been fucking fortunate. Yeah. Well, he even says that at some point. He's like, "I'm never gonna leave this cell. Like, yeah, this, is, this it. is it." Right. He's gonna come to Long Island. They pitched him a deal to come to Long Island, Plum uh, yeah, Island. Yeah, Plum Island. There, of a Southhold. Yeah, you could go there and get some sort of fucking disease. <laughs> Remember when the thing washed up on shore? Yep. That they think came from there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so right off the crazy, it looked like a chupacabra type deal. I, I, when I saw the map, I'm like, "Oh, I have accounts in Southhold. That's right there." <laughs> I really like the way that they kind of talk up Buffalo Bill in this, right? It feels it feels very real where like everybody's interested in it because it's like gruesome, morbid news, right? And of course, it's happening in a place where like a majority of people probably are are not in danger. You know what I mean? So it's very like, ooh, like, let's look at the accident. Let's look at the body on the street, right? And it's in a time period where serial killers were still like kind of a hot thing it was still something to be scared of it's kind of like lost its its traditions over the years we're at a point now where serial killing just ain't what it used to be so this was at a time where it really was like almost the heyday of of that that fad of society i would say this is the end of that yeah well, yeah maybe the towards 80s, the end. Eight, you know the 70s and 80s it was crazy and then like the 90s was the end because technology you know yeah crept up and now all of a sudden everybody knows where you are everybody knows where you've been everybody could see what you're doing i, I you know they can look up a security camera that was you know for some other bullshit and catch you doing something that you're not supposed to be doing you know what i mean so i feel like it's a lot harder to be a serial killer now now we live on Long Island, and there was the Long Island serial killer that they still don't know who it was. But, uh, you know, how long has that been going on? Nobody really knows either. There's really no answers. There's the one girl that they knew about. Uh, well, a couple girls, and it wasn't like that long ago. But, you know, you're not going to see people that were killing 25, 30, 40 people anymore. You know what I mean? And that's not a that's not possible. Just, At least I would hope it's yeah. not possible. No, it's really not. Yeah. And and I guess that's like kind of like the whole and, and and also because of technology like you're saying, but also because of of the advancement of the awareness of people like in the FBI and stuff like that through what they're trying to get Hannibal Lecter to give them, which is this psychological behavioral profile. They've been able to master this things of putting these different characteristics, these different traits, these human repetitions that they can identify who a person is based on those different things. And that's what they're trying to get Clarice to get from Dr. Lecter yeah. here. Yeah. But, um, but I, I was back the serial killer thing. It's, it's funny that I feel like as a pop culture thing, I feel like serial killers as not like a real life, like people getting murdered by people as like Netflix is bigger than ever. You know what I mean? Like as like a fad, 
is oh, yeah, yeah that's is, the, that goes yeah, now yeah. everybody's like oh they but, watch but i watch true crime but oh, i feel yeah. i feel like this movie is one of the early starts of that like think about it no like you know this was like the biggest serial killer dude, movie is, made at the time dude this is the time of fucking watching rescue 911 and cops and but, all but, sorts but, of shit like that but but all i'm saying is this is the birth of like like yeah, Manhunter did it, and a couple other movies did, but this is like the biggest, like one of the biggest serial killer movies ever at this point in time. You I'm, know, this I'm, would have been a Netflix series now if this never came well, it out, is, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, or that's something like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been like this could have easily been a Netflix series. So Crawford's telling her, you know, don't don't tell him anything personal. Right. And I really kind of like this because it shows how like powerful Lecter is and what he, you know, he knows what he's doing and he knows how to manipulate people. And we get a really cool like clip of him kind of like crossing over with somebody else that we're going to meet in a second. Dr. Chilton, who's a real Dickhead. piece of shit. I want your full attention, Starling. Yes, sir. Be very careful with Hannibal Lecter. Dr. Chilton at the asylum will go over all the physical procedures used with him. Do not deviate from them for any reason whatsoever. And you're to tell him nothing personal, Starling. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. And what is that? Oh, he's a monster. I love that. Yeah, that's a great cut. So rare to capture one alive. From a research point of view, Lecter is our most prized asset. It's crazy how he says, like, oh, he's an asset. It just right? kind of shows, like, like how a... he views him. He's not a patient. As a doctor, he's like, yeah, this isn't a patient. This is a fucking asset of mine that I'm going to use to better my myself. You can already get this his egotistical, uh, you know, just shittiness from this motherfucker. I hate Chilton. Yeah. Yeah, and when they go to the asylum, it looks like the fucking basement from Hellraiser. It right, does, like, dude, it really does. All the people fucking locked up and like all this. Who are these other people? You know what I mean? I'm sure they say it in the book, which I have never read. I don't know if any of you have read the book. I have. Does do they say who the pay, who the other people in the basement are? They just some not like not in depth. They just say like he'll say this person was there for this reason and that. Like I forgot if it was certain different names. And it looks like a medieval dungeon when they go yeah. down. Like, it looks like the beginning of Tales from the Crypt when they're going down the fucking spiral staircase. The movie took some liberties with a lot of of stuff. But, like, yeah, basically the same, the same skeleton, basically. Do you feel like it took liberties in a positive way or a negative way? I think the movie... I, I actually think the movie's better than the book. That's so rare. That's awesome. I think, yeah. I, I, but it's also based on... Uh, when we get to the part, I'll explain when we get to it. We get a really good reveal here too, right? Where she walks down the hallway, see all these fucking like crazy ass people, and then there's Hannibal Lecter standing there looking like Stewie from Family Guy in the jumpsuit. That was um, that <laughs> was does. that was That's Anthony great. Hopkins improv. That's not in the book. What him just standing there? Yeah, no, he um, that was he improv that they uh, they said in the book he's in the book he's I think he's working or gets escorted. He was just brought into the cell, and he was either like just sitting on the bed and. He's like, no, I want to be standing waiting for her. Yeah, that's a way better. That's reveal. what he said. Yeah, I like that his cell is is vastly different too. You see all the cells walking up are all like your normal bars, like you would see in a jail. And they're all kind of close together, and then like at the very end, spaced apart, it's this like giant plexiglass fucking enclosure, 
that he's kept in and it's just kind of like meant to demonstrate how much more intense and how much yeah. more security they need for him even though he seems like a very calm individual at first glance yeah he's the yeah. most normal looking and acting person totally. in the whole cell block but yeah. he's the one that's like in this fucking you know magneto cage it, it's so weird though the and the, what really takes takes that's so amazing about Anthony Hopkins' performance is how what Grid's kind of just said is that like you're walking past all these people that are just fucking are in these like dirty cages that are like basically you could like reach in and touch them and you get to his cage and he's just so the temperament like there's a weird calmness and unsettlingness to him but for some reason he's the only one you feel like you have a conversation within that whole cell block it's yeah. so weird you said something really interesting there too but what i never like kind of thought of is that all the other inmates are touchable they're able and, and, and it almost gives you that uh sense that hannibal lecter is not only physically untouchable but he's also like mentally untouchable yeah. because of how different the enclosure is that he's kept in that's really cool yeah, and like these guys are all screaming crazy shit, and then he's a, he's like talking about what they're saying like a total normal person, like it's something you're at the coffee shop, right? Oh, her what fucking did he like, say? Oh, this this the dude next to her, next to like Lecter's cell Migs? that we, we know is yeah we come to know as Migs. He says some wild shit to her, and like as kind of like this first like uh, interaction between Lecter and and Starling. It's kind of like this trust building moment that he kind of puts her into. And this this is just like a wild interaction. Well, he wants to he's testing her right now, right? Like, let's see how like professional if you're like easy to fucking jilt right here. You know what I mean? And it's actually it's a very simple test to see like how I don't want to say professional, but like open. If they're phased, yeah. How fa well, really, how phased they are by what's going on. Yeah, I think it's different now, levels. It's it's a shock yeah. value. It's like a, a trust thing. It's a lot of different tests. I think all in one with this question. Now then, tell me, what did Miggs say to you? Multiple Miggs in the next cell. He hissed at you. What did he say? He said. I can smell your cunt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brutal. I myself cannot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like one of the... As I'm doing, watching it this time around, especially this scene, I feel like, like as I said before, like multiple people have tried to talk to Hannibal Lecter like that and like i guess it's like in the sense of like a chess match where you're thinking like okay my intellect is playing chess but when you're in front of him it's like no he's playing chess and you're playing fucking like sorry you know what i <laughs> yeah, mean it's yeah, like he's already he's already steps ahead of you and it's just like it's just everything's everything is like he's everything has a motive because of doing. that back it's and insane. forth it's what makes all of the interactions between them two so enthralling to watch and it's like some of my favorite shit that happens in this movie is all yeah. the interactions between these two characters alone it's 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 some of the best dialogue in the whole movie and i feel like you know how he responds to her after that even shows like no i'm not gonna act like these guys like i'm yeah. not you know that's crazy what that guy's saying but then he says like oh but you use this and like sometimes you wear this so he has like this heightened sense. So like, what are all these guys fucking superheroes? Well, they all got superpowers like in this thing. fucking yeah. hallway, right? And I find that really cool though because he does that again later on when he's like, "Oh, you're bleeding." Yeah, and she's like, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, like these guys all have super senses? Is that what's going well, on here? You gotta think about it, too. It's like, he he is a very intellectual and, like, you know, upscale guy. And he might not think that, like, you know, him being a cannibal, you know, is, you know, like other people look down. To him, he's just, a, he's way smarter than you. And him eating people is just, you know, that's just like... Okay, that's I'm more intellectual and powerful than you. Like, you know, he doesn't think he's like the rest of the people in that cell block. It almost makes you think well, that you not. should be eating people, right? It's like, I'm a smart yeah, he, guy. Why yeah. should I eat people too? What the yeah. fuck? I should fucking eat people. And I like how he kind of like dissects her just from the accent yeah. too. Like, oh, you're hiding the accent, the West Virginia accent, yeah. right? Like all this shit. And just says like, oh, is your dad like a coal miner or whatever? And yeah it really starts to bother her when he starts prying about her childhood well it also like yeah. gives you the sense as to why they they need him specifically to give this behavioral profile of buffalo bill because he's so fucking keen on human behavior even down to the point of like like you said like he has this heightened sense of fucking smell and he's able to to understand things just by the way she talks and stuff so it, her getting this information has become kind of crucial and as soon as like they have that back and forth with the the cunt comment she instantly fucks up by being like, all right, so help me with the Buffalo Bill thing. And he's like, yeah, oh, she, you're, you're dumbass. Why'd you do me like this? We were doing the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why'd you just uh, throw this fucking yeah. stupid survey at me? Like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, you want to make $5? Fill out this survey. Yeah, he, 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 he wanted to keep on having rebuttals. And she's like, okay, back to the conversation. You stepped out. You, you stepped out of the game for well, a then, second. Then he goes a little too far, though, right? And she kind of snaps back at yep. him. And this is where we get the famous line Love that everybody, it. everybody repeats. Yeah. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. He's Why a lunatic he for eating beans <laughs> yeah, and he wine. Did. Who the fuck eats that for? Uh, uh, people are weird. Dude, people eat beans for breakfast. Yeah. What? British Who eat people? beans? I don't Super know. tat, man. Yeah. Toast, beans, and toast. I would eat that. Baked beans. I'm not a legumes Bushes. person. Bushes. Dude. <laughs> Dude. What? That's beans, right? That's the name of it. <laughs> uh, you, don't like, you don't like baked beans like at a barbecue? Nah, dude. No, not a, not I don't a like. I don't like you? beans, dude. Like, if you put beans in my like my tacos or my burritos, what we're going to fight. Chili? What about chili? I don't think ah, beer. Dude, do you, you beans, do beans in your tacos? I only do beans and chili, and I'll do like I'll eat like baked beans. Do you, nachos? I don't put them on nachos. But I, I, I love fucking if I beans. Had to, I could. Uh, you don't like beans? You're fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't just sit. You don't sit outside by a campfire. Just take a knife, crack open a can of beans and a spoon. Very yeah, picky. With, with your local beans are not on the menu. under the fucking. The, the Brady the Bunch family? No, under the, the bridge with your local bum that just oh, so dude, happens. I knew you knew what I was going with. I didn't want to make the Dennis the Menace reference. I was wondering if people would know. The DeLorean broke down and Doc's oh, had God. a hard time <laughs> since then. I think you swallowed the key. I yeah. think you swallowed. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to watch that again. Too. I rewatched it recently. Up. Does it hold up? Nope. Ooh, nope. Maybe I won't. Don't want to watch it. So as uh, Clarice is leaving, because... Uh, Lecter shut her down. Grizz, what happens, man? 
Yeah, dude, as she's okay. leaving, there is some wild shit that happens. She's like going to walk away, kind of frustrated with the situation with Lecter because he's not going to give her information. And Miggs is like naked on the bed in the cell, making Lock all these off. like weird squirrely noises and shit. And as soon as like they make eye contact, he's like jerking off and throws a load directly in her face. I mean, it's, uh. it's fucking eyeball bullseye city too it's it's the nastiest shit ever it's right on there yeah you see it like hanging from her hair like something about mary <laughs> yeah dude it's a dingler it's fucking horrible <laughs> yeah and and lecter sees this or hears it at least and like he's like so mad yeah he's like come come back come back i will help you <laughs> I, I like i like how that was like he he i feel like he had a breaking point that was I'm, it yeah, i was like oh my it's like oh god damn it god damn it god <laughs> Fucking, I'm sorry. Come back. Whatever you need, it's fine. Because you could have ate her. Why'd you jack off on her for Christ's sake? <laughs> <laughs> ruined it for everybody. <laughs> he tells uh, Clarice to go look for a former patient, Miss Moffat. Right? So this is his clue. So now we're going to have just Miss a bunch Moffitt. of clues throughout this whole fucking movie. I right? love it, though. It's cool. It's like, you got to try to piece this shit together. You're a fucking Sherlock homeless trying to, you know, solve the case. I- I'm down with that. Yeah. So now we're back at the FBI, I guess, training facility. Is that what this is? Yeah, I think it's like the school for fledging FBI wannabes. Yeah, and Crawford informs Clarice that Miggs is dead, right? Lecter was heard whispering to him all night, and he was found dead. No, he and he choked on his own Swallowed tongue. his tongue. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Dude. How do you do that? How do you do that? Smiling his tongue. So does that like kind of like to imply that he's just like, okay, I guess never mind. Because like Miggs is crazy. So like if you were to like fuck with a crazy person, being a psychiatrist, knowing how to like really get into that specific person's head, maybe you can convince them to swallow their own tongue. So then I was thinking, oh man, does he have uh, telepathy? And I was like, can he make this person do things? And I'm like, that's that's fucking crazy. He doesn't have that at all. I think it's just that, like, I think what isn't, didn't he basically infer that that guy had like multiple personalities? Yeah. So maybe he's, he's a psychiatrist. He's like a therapist. Yeah, he got him to he, do fuck, it. he fucked he him up. To, he yeah. fucked him up. Yeah. He, he, he probably made one it. of his personalities kill himself. He's yeah. Like, and I'll choke on your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Swallow that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really throw cum on Carl Reyes? <laughs> great big fat tongue. <laughs> Does she have a big fat uh, so, tongue? <laughs> she have a big fat, great big fat tongue. Uh, so I'm tired of sucking back my hair with water. I need some gel next time, please. Dude, when he's got like the mask on and his hair looks like your grandpa getting up, dude, like <laughs> he's dude. It's so funny. He's only in his early fifties in this, and he man, looks so old at some points, dude. Only it, sometimes he looks really old, not the it, whole time. And I think not even ten years before this. He did the Elephant Man, and he didn't look that old in the Elephant Man. So Clarice <laughs> figures out this riddle, right? Yeah. This fucking problem here, and she figures out that there's a uh, what's it called? Yourself storage right outside of Baltimore, like something. It's so, so fucking dumb. Like well, because like he says, like you need to look inside yourself, and like he, she's like, that's way too fucking obvious for this motherfucker. What does what does that mean? So she's somehow able to find that there's a storage unit called yourself storage. That just seems yeah. so far fetched to me. Like who the fuck is she to put this together? Shady ass storage unit too, right? Yep. Door hasn't been opened since 1980. Creaky. 
I like the guy that comes to like. Yep. <laughs> what? What? They, that was like a red herring almost. You thought they were gonna do something fucked up, but they then she gives weird. them the card like, like, oh, here, like. They know that I'm with yeah. you. And oh, that if was, anything happens to me, call them. Yeah, that like, was totally yeah, her God. being like, well, don't fuck with me, okay? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Beard, what you just said is a lot of people's like, it's funny that a lot of people infer from this movie is that there's a lot of characters they place in this movie to be kind of more like outlandish or like like or like little little off-putting looking yeah. but the real the real evil is someone completely normal. like 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 this fucking guy you know yeah <laughs> like, and it, well you see it in the basement he's like the fucking most normal looking one at all those guys yeah, yeah. Fucking the most crazy. dangerous yeah so she goes into the storage unit and inside she finds like an old ass rolls royce or something right it's, it's a got like a couch car. has the back seat yeah. yeah that's awesome and that dude that stuffed owl was also really yeah. cool and she goes into the back seat of this car and she finds a head in a jar startling ba, ba, ba. yeah <laughs> and uh it's a head it's got lipstick on it but it also has a mustache it's definitely a dude so, with, yeah with makeup on stuff in is. a formaldehyde yeah, jar yeah, it, it definitely is a guy. And she, like, immediately runs back to Lecter about this, right? Like, this was your storage unit, blah, blah, blah. And he basically tells her that, like, oh, that's the head of one of his old patients, right? And he was just storing it for somebody else, yeah, he's basically, like, I didn't right? Kill. I, I just simply found the head this way, and I'm preserving what I found. He's basically implying, like, I did not kill this person i would have shish kebab that motherfucker and ate the head too i mean that's my style i'm a cannibal so i mean you don't get the uh, the whole thing that that you know he's killed this person you get the understanding that somebody else did yeah he knows somebody, he knows somebody yeah. else yeah exactly I this. He I knows who did this <laughs> well he actually said basically says that he knows the killer yeah and he knows the person and he knows who the person is yeah the whole kit so, caboodle yeah, this guy's this guy's holding back right now. One day I break out of the cell and get a wig and a hat. They'll never find me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he starts kind of hinting that you know I know I know a lot more than I'm letting on right now, and what he wants is to get moved to another facility, to, so he can view nature, right? I think even or, more so to get the fuck away from Doctor Chilton. They are yeah. like. Yeah. You know, but pure isn't enemies. it weird how much? Well, I it's, also, it's weird how much you hate that. Like you're like it's like Lecter is obviously like yeah as he's a monster, but it's weird as an, as a viewer how much you hate like oh, the children. doctor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you hate him. You hate him so much. You really? Yeah, he's do. a real Doctor Chenard, also, <laughs> right? Like he's a real piece of shit. That's a but great really comparison, Doctor Chenard. Yeah. That's exactly who yeah. this reminds me of. Fucking is. I yeah. really think that he wants to just get moved for a chance to fucking escape. That's it. That's the only reason. Because he knows that he could probably do it. Michael, and he it, just wants he to shows. see the beach. He wants to see out the window. He wants to see ocean. Is that a great big fat beach? <laughs> I want to see a big old lake. I want to be, I <laughs> see a big old fat beach. Plum Island. <laughs> Who else is this guy? Uh, like This Dr. Chilton. He also reminds me of another, uh, another character in a movie that's also a Clive Barker movie. What the hell is it? It's Dr something from uh from nightbreed the dr decker he has that same kind of like arrogance and attitude that that just kind of makes you hate him so much for yeah. for how cocky he is 
Yeah. Well, he's like a piece of shit, right? Like you could tell he's a piece of shit too. And he's like famous for yeah. whatever reason for being a piece Glory of shit. It's, it's, yeah. It's weird to, I, I, what was the last time you saw, what was it? Like a uh, red dragon. Has you guys seen that? Like when they like no, I haven't oh, seen that try to tie when they try to tie it back in, and there's parts of that where they like you they build on their relationship a little bit, and like it's and it has such a, a corny ending where it's like he's the one standing out of Lecter's cell going, oh, an FBI junior FBI agent's going to be coming here to interview you. Like, do you want to see them or I should send them away? Like. Saying like kind of like oh you don't want to like you send over like multiple agents to me or multiple people to talk to me where it's like it really messes up the dynamic between them because there's like there's a nice accord in there and he goes like yeah, he I goes oh that. I don't uh, like that at all and then he goes oh what is her name and the movie ends that's the ending of that movie and it's ah. like and this the, he like he barely wants to talk to him in this there's a scene where he has him in the cell with the cage like, cage on his face. And he doesn't want to say a word to him. You yeah, know? yeah. They they don't want to speak at all. Yeah. Well, well, one wants to talk. Yeah, the other yeah, one doesn't. Yeah, the other one doesn't. So, cut to Memphis, Tennessee, and we ain't going to see the honky tonk man, right? <laughs> we <laughs> see this young girl rocking uh, to some Tom Petty. Not, I'm not a fan, but Fuck I Tom have Petty. a feeling Grizz is. Oh, uh, do, you don't, are. Okay. Do, do you don't like Tom even... Petty? Oh. I hate are Tom you, Petty, dude. What? Like Come on. Yeah. I'm a Willie Nelson guy. Damn, uh, whiny guy. fucker. Rest his soul. Oh, fuck him. Oh, no. Come on. Oh. It sounds great. That's a great Tom Petty. How do you make it? How do you make a career out of that, honestly? I know Tom Petty sure did. I love Tom Petty. <laughs> I don't know, man. R.I.P. So she's driving. Another joint. So these are great Tom Petty impressions. I'm not saying it doesn't sound like that. I'm just saying I do enjoy. What was the? Come on, it's like Tom Petty he, after he had a fucking. Come like, on, man, he won't back down. He won't back down. Come on. So even the losers win. So this woman sees this guy struggling to get a. Uh, what was that like? A fucking. A chair, a like a giant, seat, like yeah, lazy boy. Oh, it's very hard to get it in there. Into his fucking stranger danger van, right? He's got yeah. a, he's got a fucked up arm. He's got a cast on. How, how Ted Bundy of him, right? I was do. I know. Bundy? I, I yeah. like that comparison. How they use the real life Ted Bundy scenario yeah. that he would use to to capture a female. Yeah, nah. he's like a cocktail of a bunch of different serial killers. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what they said. That's what the whole idea was. So she goes to help him, right? They get the chair in the car, well, in the van. It's pretty brutal. She gets in the van, you know, which he should never do. Yeah, that's and he real pushes, good. Like the chair, yeah, he pushes the chair You're all the way in. Rebound, sauce fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rebound, sauce fourteen. And then he like. Beats the shit out of her, Dude, right? Yeah. With the with the cast arm, throws the haymaker with the cast a few times. It's scary because that's that's very realistic. That's how something like that would go. Please yeah, don't dude. ever get in anybody's fucking car, especially ever. with the cast ever. On. You know, actually, don't ever help anybody on the side of the road. Why are people helping anybody? Sounds, anyways, this is dude, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds terrible. It really does sound like callous, but like, do not help anybody on the fucking side of the road, that's, dude. It's so true, and it's so funny. I could watch movies where people's like heads explode and like like limbs get cut off, but 
just seeing him hit her, like you don't even see it, her getting hit in the head with the cast. Yeah. But just the, the sound, sound, it yeah. really, it like rattled me. I'm like, dude, that was fucking brutal. So Clarice and Crawford are flying to West Virginia now where they found a body, right? And they think it may be connected to their case. And Crawford gives us a little bit of an explanation here. Next second check, Clarice. Keeps him alive for three days. We don't know why. There's no evidence of rape or physical abuse prior to death. All the mutilation you see there is post-mortem. Okay, three days. Then he shoots them, skins them, and dumps them. Each body in a different river. The water leaves us no trace evidence of any kind. That's Frederica Bimmel, the first one. Her body was the only one he took the trouble to weight down. So actually, she was the third girl found. After her, he got lazy. So it's kind of weird that they say, like, he doesn't do anything to these girls. He just keeps them for three days and then kills them, which well, is very odd, right? Well, uh, you find out, don't, she reveals later why. Oh, yeah, like, that, it, it plays a huge role in the whole, like, conclusion of yeah. everything, that's for sure. Yeah, later yeah. on. Why I, he I love that us. audio clip. One of my favorite bands of all time, Guttural Secrete, used, like, the exact clip that I pulled right there as an intro for one of their songs. And it, it, every time I hear it, I just want to hear that fucking mean-ass, like, breakdown that starts as soon as the song comes on. I love <laughs> that band. Check it out. Guttural Secrete rules. And they examine this body. And Clarice instantly knows that this is a victim of Buffalo Bill, right? She like says Bill, right? When she sees oh, yeah, the body. Under her breath, she's like, motherfucking Bill. And dude, when Bill. they talk to the cops, <laughs> to like the local police, and Crawford kind of like, like shoos her away. You know what I mean? Makes her look like a fucking asshole. Oh yeah, that's and, and like all the other skin. All dude, the, she hates it. Yeah, all the other local cops are looking at her like she's an asshole too. Yeah. Right? And I kind of like how later on in the car, she's like, yeah, how you treated me, they treated me that way. So I don't appreciate yeah, it. You said an example. And this is a big fucking deal to her because like this whole movie, yeah, it's about catching the serial killer. But there's like an underlying thing in that like it's all about her trying to prove herself in this very masculine uh, job that she's basically yeah. looked at as like a fucking a, a sex object by all of her colleagues. Yep. And they examine this body, and Clarice discovers that there's actually something in this woman's throat. And they pull out a fucking, like a cocoon. Dude, right? such a crazy scene. I love the way it looks. Yeah. And now, you know, it's even better than that. The way that that fucking other guy was like, sometimes when it's in the water, <laughs> something, some. Someone crawling in. The, the way he says it, it sounds like a Lucio Fulci movie. Yeah. It sounded like a bad dub from the Beyond or, or whatever. I was cracking up. That it reminded me of like one of that like the is it Joe guy from the Beyond. And the and the <laughs> reveal of like the actual cocoon, you get like a profile shot of the dead the dead chick on like the, the autopsy yeah. table with her mouth open with these giant like forceps going in and pulling this fucking yeah. cocoon out. The imagery alone is enough. Like this isn't a horror movie, but it, yeah. it gives you this like real gory, like shivered up your spine moment of like, yo, that's fucking gnarly. It, and it was a good. This movie has really good practical. Like that was a very practical effect. It was something as simple as the girl was on the on the table. They did a cut with the the 
tongs. Yeah, it's a they real cut, person, right? They, and they, but then, but then they cut to the reaction. It's obvious they cut there because then they're like, okay, we're gonna put the cocoon like on the same tongs and back in. But still, it it, it it's so. It just shows you how good practical effects. That was a simple. That was just an editing trick. Always yeah. better it looks than so fucking good. CGI. I I totally uh, yeah. agree. Also, I want to say them putting the fucking putting like the menthol cream on their nose. Yeah. Novice shit. Who does that? Come on. <laughs> as someone as Dude. someone who I know you have been in a similar situation. Yeah, I was like, wondering. Do we used to do like you would? Do, I thought it was cream cheese. This is all they take a look. So you would do like the embalming on the people that were like homeless and unclaimed. So the bodies would be in there for like months, dude, Mm. sometimes terrible. Never once did I have to use any of that shit. And never once did I see anybody else use any of it. Mike's in there eating a fucking tuna melt off of someone's thigh for on his lunch break. (laughs) It's not, it doesn't, you know what? He's eating cheeseburgers and French fries off like the the, the metal slate. (laughs) You know what? Like it's one of those things where it's like, oh. That sucks. Like when your toilet overflows or something. Like, oh, that smells terrible. <laughs> no, that's not good. And then that's it. You just keep going. You know get what I mean? It. Eventually, yeah, you get over it. I didn't. I don't know. I don't, maybe that's not. That a comes from our profession, I think, Mike. <laughs> you deal with shit all the time. <laughs> so uh, they also discovered that large sections of this woman's back have been removed. Like the skin has physically been removed from her back, and. It's really cool how after this, you hear Clarice doing like the notes into the little microphone thing, like the recorder, and she sounds so much more confident after she found like the cocoon, right? Yeah. She all of a sudden like, she like got a fucking big pair of breast balls now. She's ready to go. Right? I thought you said big pair of breast balls. And I was like, whoa, what? that's a fucking cool whoa. thing. Maybe. <laughs> she grew those oh, breast dude, balls and now she's awesome shit. <laughs> I like that. Can we start saying that? Dude, she got those breast balls and then she was on fire. She wasn't letting anybody fuck with her. Uh, So this is uh, where we also see some people that reminded me of X-Files characters. The the insect guys. So good. I would watch a movie of just them. Oh yeah, yeah. this is what made me go back and start watching the X Files recently. Was I'd watched this movie earlier in the week, and I was like, "Man, this is making me really want some some weird science fiction that's kind of horrorish at the same time." And it was the perfect cure for that. And they basically do a small autopsy on this uh, cocoon, and they find out that it's the Death Head Moth, right? And it's you passed over the hit on. He hit on her. Oh yeah. The, the most charming guy in the movie was with the cross eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know she's very receptive of him. I feel she would go on a date with him. Out of everybody that hit on her in this movie, I feel he had the best chance, and he was honest about it. So in the book, don't at the end of the book, aren't they like together on a date or some shit? Yeah. They like kind of end yeah, up together. Yeah. The, the insect guy. It's been it's been a while. I, I th- there was moments. I'm not sure if it's after that scene or if it's at the end. Because at the end of the book, they are at the they are at whatever party it was. Uh-huh. If it's the same, it's they changed a little bit of the order of things. But there is a section where I think they do go out. Yeah, that's funny because like she does give him the smile, right? Like, are you asking me out? Yeah, <laughs> See, I, I, I yeah. like that she's receptive to him because like she's hit on by all these like super yep. masculine fucking jerk offs all the time who are these dudes in power. Who like who would probably like just kind of consider her like a conquest 
type of a thing they really wouldn't like kind of be interested in her as a person and she sees this dude who would who would they would consider would never she would never give him the time of yeah. day and she's receptive to him because she can sense his genuineness and like oh this, this is a real fucking dude and he's a he's a smart professor like this is what i'd be into it seems yeah. genuine i like it he he was it was genuine and upfront and not in a creepy way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Want some burgers and fries though? Come on, let's do this. Uh, and he basically says like somebody took care of this thing. This is native to Asia. Like love. somebody had to love this thing. Right? Oh, yeah, that moth was I love this part of, of the movie. Yeah. And this is where we get a nice view of Buffalo Bill's house for the first time, right? <laughs> and you see the huge moth cages. And like these surgical tables and some sort of like fucking Leatherface type room that yeah. they have going it looks on. So cool. The neon light that's going on in there just kind of adds this like atmosphere and shit. Yeah, you got naked yeah. ass Buffalo Bill sitting there at a sewing machine <laughs> with this woman crying in the background, yeah. screaming, right? Super creepy, almost like a Jeepers Creepers yeah. thing. And it, it like annoys him though. It's funny. I think that's why he's always blasting music. It's like, I just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it could be. And this is where we learn that uh, in a news broadcast that somebody that Buffalo Bill has taken is actually the daughter of somebody important. Good morning. I'm Donna Faruqi. I'm Gene Castle with Sports. And I'm Tim Langhorn. Our top story for this morning. Catherine Martin, the 25-year-old daughter of Senator Ruth Martin, listed first as a missing person, is now believed to have been kidnapped by the serial killer known only as Buffalo Bill. Memphis police sources indicate that the missing girl's blouse has been identified, sliced up the back, and what has become a kind of grim, all-too-familiar calling card. Young Catherine Martin, as we've said, is the only daughter of U.S. Senator Ruth Martin, the Republican junior senator from Tennessee. So, you know, what are the odds that somebody that was taken is somebody that's also related to a senator? Plot <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, of course. How could we make this even more ridiculous? Shit. Old size <laughs> 14 like, Shit. is related to a famous person. Yeah, and I love the way that they do that clip where it's like you see her. Yeah. Well, you hear somebody screaming in the basement, you know, in this pit. And then it cuts to this news clip and it says who's missing. And it's like, oh, shit, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. And the, 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 the way that scene is shot is really cool, too, with like like in the hallway. But that's the scene where it's on the TV screen, right? And yeah. Like, like her, Clar Clarice and um, what's her name are walking. Yeah. And this is where Clarice runs back to see Lecter, right? And we get another famous scene here, right? Where he's talking to her and she's saying that if you help us figure out who buffalo bill is or tell us together. who it is you know we'll uh we'll send you to this other facility and you'll get to go to plum island plum, the plum island yeah the yeah. way she says it is like so like intriguing yeah <laughs> and uh basically he's up for it but he's like only if it's only if it's quid pro quo <laughs> Yeah. There was no quid pro quo unless I said we could have one, and I want one immediately. <laughs> and he's he agrees. He'll tell her info on Buffalo Bill, but he's going to start prying into her yeah. personal life. But you no, know, it's so you no, know, it's so crazy about like that conversation between them. It's like the way she puts everything in that little drawer. And like the sound of it slamming, and it's like that like space between the conversation. Yeah. He like lets her finish, and it's like his move in chess, where it's like he thinks about it for. He yeah. actually kind of makes like a 
and yeah. then and then gets up like yeah and he, he knows makes, a, like, plum- a hand motion and then goes and he knows but he ends up knowing what plum island's all about he yeah ends up knowing it's, the, it's like a bogus deal yeah he knows it's a bogus deal he, he already knows he knows everything he's it's very nice doctor i promise you <laughs> <laughs> and that, but that's when that was her tell that was her tell she keeps on she doesn't stay confident she sees him looking it's very nice doctor I swear it's, very, it's a doctor <laughs> doctor Dr. Lecter Dr. Lecter <laughs> they go back and forth where she's telling him stuff he's telling her stuff and this is where we kind of first get Lecter kind of like you know Oh, it's a moth, right? Like, oh, it's a. Bu- Did you find a butterfly? She's like, yes, we found a moth. And he starts talking about the metamorphosizing yeah. into something else and the change. <laughs> and this is also where we find Clarice telling Lecter about her childhood, right? Where she grew up on the ranch and all that. Part of the and deal. And we're gonna get in. Yeah, this is part of the deal. And she starts really getting fucked up when she starts revisiting these memories. It's heavy. But eventually, he tells her to look into the big gender reassignment hospitals because he probably applied for one but was denied because of psychological reasons, right? And I find that like a, it's such a a small clue, but it, it really narrows it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? It like really gives her a shot. It's a cool thing too because like the whole like uh, the moth thing and how he ties that into being like you know you have to understand why this person loves and cares so much about these moths and the whole transformation things and how uh, he sees himself in this creature and he also wants to transform and, and metamorphosize into something that he's not. It's just like there's all these really cool intertying uh just kind of like uh, tidbits that really make Buffalo Bill this interesting as fuck character yeah. to me. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this guy, like an and onion, I really man. do like him. Yeah, I do like him as like a you know a secondary, yeah. I guess, uh, character in this. He's not really up front the whole time, but it's looming the whole movie. Right, I, Buffalo Bill is always in the back of your mind. I almost argue it's. It, I struggle with who I think is a better villain in this movie or who I think is a just a better character in general between Lecter and, and Buffalo Bill because, dude, I think that, like, Lecter's, like, you know, uh, or Anthony Hopkins' portrayal of Lecter was so good and so strong that it, it kind of overshadows how fucking awesome Ted Levine is as Buffalo Bill. He nails yeah. this motherfucker so good in this movie. So after this, we see uh, Buffalo Bill has, you know, Catherine Martin in the well, in the house. <laughs> That's the senator's daughter. Not good. Daughter. All I could think That's about is uh, sending our love down the well <laughs> from the fucking Simpsons when Bart's stuck down the well. During this whole time that it's we see uh, Catherine Martin in the well, we get all this great dialogue from Buffalo Bill and some more really famous, uh, I guess, audio from this movie. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Is this how this you grew up? Very similar. Whatever ransom you're asking for, family get together. We're a big it lotion rubs family. Rubs the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose. I don't again. want to go to Aunt Karen's again, guys. Oh. <laughs> yes, you will, precious. You will get the hose. Oh, get it? Yes. Okay. 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 
<laughs> I I really do think it's terrible, but it is kind of funny. Like it's yeah. crazy that this guy's doing this shit. He's got the little dog, this little white fluffy well, dog. Well, this this slowly like reveals why he needs like at some time before killing them. Yeah, he needs to loosen the skin, yeah. make them lose weight, like loose, like you know, oh, soften so the skin. Weird. He's prepping them for the murder, dude. But it, it's it's so supple. weird. But like. <laughs> If you watch that scene, how he's saying it, it's like it's like he's being ordered to like it's like this is how, it's very like a regiment thing. Like it puts the lo- he doesn't say you he's on a schedule, man. Yeah, that's why. It, but like he calls her it. Like it puts the lotion yeah. like it's an animal. Yeah, like, he, doesn't he doesn't want to associate her to a person. He yeah. doesn't want to like know he looks who tortured. she is. He, he doesn't want to like. He just wants to get done with it. And yeah. Clarice actually makes a comment after somebody asks her, "Why do they keep saying her name?" She's like, oh, it makes it, it humanizes the victim, right? Yeah. So, but meanwhile, the whole time he's still just saying it. Yeah, it that's that, it. that's why. Yeah. yeah, it's really it's really like the opposite is going on. He don't give a fuck. It's kind of smart because it is. He does seem like he doesn't. There's like he's doing it, but he seems very yeah. tortured by it. So them saying her name a couple of times may actually make him feel bad. I don't think he gives a fuck, man. I think I think he just wants to get it over with. So now Chilton tells Lecter that he was scammed by Clarice. And I kind of feel like this is such a dick move because it really actually hinders the investigation. It does. Right? He fucked the whole investigation up I mean, now. it's it's true what he's telling Lecter that there really was no deal. That's actually like reality. But you're right in the sense that he has no fucking business interfering with this investigation because that lie was told on behalf of trying to solve a crime and he's basically just like interfering in an investigation. That's a crime in itself. Yeah, but instead he tries to make his own deal. Like, oh, I'll get you transferred if you tell me Buffalo Bill's real name. And yeah, he's like, but you ain't going where like, you thought. You're going to fucking Tennessee, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, but Lecter agrees and gives him his first name and is like, oh, I'll tell you the other when we get there. But Lecter, like we always say, is already 10 steps ahead, right? I'm going to cut off someone's face and put it on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you see that, that like that uh, Chilton has made the f- huge error of bringing a, a, like a, an all metal pen into Lecter's cell with him when he's talking about this whole deal that he's made with uh, the senator. And he got he, too cocky. He got too cocky. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, that's like one of the, the main things in the beginning of the movie that you're, uh, you're constantly kind of repeated is you don't bring sharp objects, no staples, no pens, nothing like that shit. And, uh, and, and then when they finally get to Tennessee, the, the incoming officers who are going to take, uh, you know, uh, Lecter into, into custody, they have to have Chilton sign off on it. And Chilton goes to look yeah. for his pen and he's like, Oh my, my fucking pen's missing, but he doesn't, put it all together as to where the pen actually went to yeah Yeah. and i really do feel like this fucking like meeting between the senator and such a great scene well it's like so weird like a mafia meetup but it is kind of i think it's one of the i think it's one of the best like essence part of it's like very like this the score in that scene where he comes off and he's in he's strapped in the music hits it's like this is like very 90s very hannibal lecter entrance like this is like this is such a great part of this movie this conversation's unreal. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I have a clip from it. Oh, I know which one it is, I bet. Buffalo Bill's real name is Louis Friend. I met him just once. He was referred to me in April or May 1980 by my patient Benjamin Raspell. They were lovers, you see. But Raspell had become very frightened. 
Apparently, Lewis had murdered a transient. Not good. And I love it. Done things with the skin. Oh shit! Done. So things. basically, oh, you don't have the other pole. Hey, Saturday. <laughs> I love your dress. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Lecter is basically fucking around with these people the whole time. All this info is not even really right. Well, maybe that is, but like the name isn't real. Yeah, there's like and little he, tidbits of like reality in what he's saying. Uh, but like he does like like you know uh like anthony was just saying he plays this like kind of like cat and mouse game with the the senator there where you know he's like you know talking about like oh did you breastfeed and shit like that and he's like you know where will you feel like you know will you feel it on your nipples basically when your daughter's about to get cut the fuck up and like right before you know she's like you know sending him back to fucking baltimore he finally is like well here's some information that's you know real that you guys can start chasing down I thought yeah. the senator did fucking great. I think all her goons fucked up. I thought she fucking was like... Well, she, she called the deal off, so he was like, okay, now you're not yeah, getting anything. He, he, she fucking knew. She like she was like, okay, I'm going to fucking walk away. Like He didn't. He, he doesn't show his full deck. He'll show a couple cards. I think she folded. She, yeah. she, she was kind of stoic, though, Yo. compared to the other guys. I agree, yeah. though. Like She, she kind of yeah, held I her think, shit together like more so than her yeah, men she, did. At the first yeah. sight of dissension, her men were like, this... Fucking dickhead! Yeah. This motherfucker. As soon as he said nipples, they. Yeah, but then when he said something specific, like, like, oh, when she's dead, like when she's on the slab, how, yeah. you know, what are you gonna feel? Then well, she, Mike, you could tell she feelings. got upset. It's off. The yeah. deal's off. That's painful. But yeah. Wait. As soon as he, they heard the word nipples, they all lost their mind. Yeah, the goddamn nipple. He said it again. <laughs> he said he said nipples. <laughs> <laughs> really tough on your nipple. That's what he said, right? That's it. Tough on your you nipple. Th- <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. What do you think about this new, uh, this new Lecter cell that he's in? After all, love this, it. This giant fucking room and the giant bird cage. Bird cage yeah. Can I make a production note about the, this cell? Uh-huh. When, when the I know we're getting to it soon on this the big crescendo of this cell scene, this whole space that we're in. Some very unexplained cinema, cinematic lighting is going on. Like there's some like 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 you know you got the they cinema have light, but then all of a sudden jail cells, dude, all the time. It's it's, it's common. Oh, well, well, they have a light on Lecter the whole time. His, his eyes are glowing the whole but, movie. But I'm just I'm just saying. There's like later on. There's this really there's there's smoke machine in there and stuff. It's very it's like a, it's like a it's like a, it's like a I don't know. It's like a kiss on un, up concert. It's brooding. So Clarice goes to see Lecter again. Right, she she needs to she needs to figure this out, even if she's been taken off the case. And this is where we get her telling about the story of the lambs being slaughtered as a as a kid. Right, this is the name. Th- of the- this is where the name of the movie comes from. I crept up into the barn. I was so scared to look inside, but I had to. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Lambs. Lambs. They were screaming. They were slaughtering the spring lambs. And they were screaming. Yeah, this really fucked her up as a kid. Yeah, man. So, like, uh, I'm a big fan. I listen to a lot of different, like, movie podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, There's one called Unspooled. And they talked about this movie and they did a bit with this that's like, it's just fucking hilarious. I wasn't going to like, you know, rip off what they did, but I have to mention it because it was so funny. If you guys look up what a lamb sounds like when it screams, it's fucking hilarious because it's basically like, yeah. ah! 
it's, it's like identical like to what I just fucking did. So they like like inter, intercut that sound effect of a real lamb scream into that yeah. clip. You got to go check it out. It is fucking Dude. hilarious. But also just look up how lambs and goats scream. Yeah. Because that shit is it's fucking entertainment for hours. Dude, lambs sound like an unenthused guy. Scream. Ah, like, ah! They don't, they, 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 it awesome. sounds like they sound like they're doing an impression. Hey, can you do an impression of a human screaming? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like, what it sounds like. Lamb. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Chilton realizes that Clarice is there and instantly is like, "Get the fuck out! You gotta leave!" Right? Has oh, yeah, dragged she's busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she kind of realizes that Chilton gave the wrong name, right, for uh, mm. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. That the name that he was given was just an anagram for another mm-hmm. fucking name. See? So he no, it was no. The name that he the name that he was given, what was it? It was some sort of like anagram for fool's gold. Yeah, yeah it was right? a, that which I love. It's just it's just another layer of how how uh, ahead of Chilton fucking Dr. Lecter is. So good. And he knew yeah. he was out. He knew he was gonna be out. Yep. And this is where we get the callback to that uh that pen. Right? Ah, this, he, uh, this scene's he so... He basically, what, took the piece of, like, that you would attach it to, like, your pocket. Yeah, and and <laughs> Yeah, he uh, basically uses this to undo his handcuffs, and he gets into some fucking fight with these two guards, right? What is this guy, an SAS fucking? Is it really a fight, man? He just uh, like fucking operative? killed them, Yeah, man. dude, he beats the fuck out this of is both the, of Yeah, this guys. is great. How he sets this up is like, uh, he's, it's about, like, you know, it's his meal time, and there's like, he's listening to classical music, and he's doing his art and shit, and uh, the guards are going to bring his dinner in, and the one guard, like, brings the food in, but not yeah. before he's handcuffed to Lamp the cell. Yeah. Chris, Chris yeah. not on the drawings. Yeah, not, yeah, that, like that's the, kind of like a key factor here is that his drawings are on the table. So he's yeah, bringing the food in, he's drawings. handcuffed, and he's like telling the guard, "Hey, can you put my food down? But don't put it on my drawings." So the guard bends down to put the food tray on the t- on the floor, and boom, fucking handcuffs come off Lecter yeah. and onto the guard, and it's fucking on. This scene is mayhem. Yeah, yeah he beats the fuck out of the one guy with the uh, knife stick. He bites the other guy's face, yeah. and now is his time to escape, right? They find somebody on the floor. He's all fucked up. His face looks yeah. all destroyed. There's uh, the one guy is dead in can, the cell. Can we can we make a comment about the cop formation when they busted the door? They have, like, it's very Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah, they're all like guns up, like ready to <laughs> like, fuck. There's, there's one. There's one guy pointed to the back. There's two cops pointed to the side. There's one in the center, and the one that's like the main cop. His guns like pointing up at the ceiling. He's like, my god. But like the, the reveal of this the is smoke. epic because the the yeah. the one guard, like you said, the one guard's on the floor who's like you know still alive, but he's in very rough yeah. shape and his face is all fucked up. But the other guard is like hung up on the cell like fully disemboweled with like the fucking American banners and shit behind him it is one of the coolest scenes in the movie I love it it's really crazy uh, this whole sequence is awesome and they think Lecter's still in the building right and they think he might be in the elevator above the shaft because they heard a gunshot go off so he might be wounded and there's blood leaking from the ceiling and when they they think that Lecter's been shot right he's wounded so he's up there hiding and when they open up when they open it up they realize it's not him 
he's not in the building, right? It's actually the guy that that is on the elevator roof is the guard who they thought was taken out in the ambulance that they found who was still alive. Now, what had happened, which is the one of the coolest fucking twists ever, is that Lecter had cut the face off of the guard and put it on himself so that he looked like the guard and he was the one that was taken out on the ambulance. And before it's they, they even realize what's going on, he's like attacked the ambulance crew and he is loose. Hannibal Lecter is now on the fucking run. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty much going to try to disappear at this point, right? And they find that somebody was murdered right by the airport and all their belongings and ID have been taken. That's such a Not great a good, great twist. I love that too. That like yeah. he killed the tourist and like took their identity basically and bounced. I like how we also see Buffalo Bill sewing pieces of skin together at this point too. Beautiful. He's like yeah, he's really making his fucking leather face uh skin tuxedo. We start really seeing the the mission that's at hand here and what he's trying to do with this scene. I I, I think this is such a cool sh- like just seeing him so skin together, that's so like unsettling. Yeah, and this we get kind of a crack in the case because they realize that Bill actually knew Frederica Bimmel, right? The first girl that was uh that was murdered. So they have a connection now. When she goes to Frederica's house now to investigate this clue, she like uncovers all these like photos and Sexy tailoring photos. stuff. Yeah, and she puts it together that Buffalo Bill is making a skin suit. <laughs> yeah, what it's a like way to, they, they like, put that together. Like she makes like this connection that like all right, he knew Frederica Bimmel and like there there was this relationship and because like she was also obsessed with like this you know tailoring and like and and like the pictures that you find are like very sexy photos but they're all like highlighting her back and like the skin on her back so like she's able to piece all of these like little clues together to realize like this is why he's doing this he is making a fucking skin suit and we also get more info that the hospital's called back right and they got a name a real name this time right jamie gum he has applied for uh sex change operations and has been denied everywhere and she's told to stay where she is and see if she could find any more evidence right and this is actually more dangerous than they probably thought yeah because like the fbi are like you know uh crawford and his his goons and shit are like all right we got him he's in chicago we're gonna go fucking go to the address now and get him and she's like well i'm gonna come too and he's like nah keep your ass in belvedere find some more evidence but like you said the real danger is not in chicago it's in fucking belvedere this is where we get one of the best scenes in the movie uh, Catherine's eating some shitty food in her hole right <laughs> she's trying to make a trap basically to get buffalo bill's dog in the hole to keep it hostage but as this is going on we uh, see buffalo bill doing something else oh and we hear this wonderful song by q lazarus oh. right hmm <laughs> He's also like doing makeup and he's got, he's, oh. Would you fuck me? Hey, wait a second. Is that the right <laughs> clip? <laughs> fuck. 
I I can't get enough of it. This is this is obviously uh, Jason Mewes from Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> uh, I really do like that song, to be honest. Uh, but you see him doing makeup, and he's wearing a woman's scalp with like hair, as he's doing like this makeup. The dog is being inched closer and closer to the hole, and this is also where Clarice is getting another piece of information that may lead her a little bit closer to solving this crime. Clarice is at like a restaurant. He's talking to one of Frederica's old friends who gives her an address, right, to follow up on. Now, this is the address of some old lady that she used to help, right? Yeah, help like she used to do, yeah, like do sewing stuff and like would just basically would work for her hemming up dresses and shit like that. Yeah, so uh, Clarice figures like, oh, this is a great lead. Let's go check it out. And while all this is happening, Catherine is able to catch the dog and has it in the well with her. The broken leg. This this pisses Bill the fuck off, <laughs> right? He's mad as hell. I love the rage. And when when he likes when he's screaming, like his voice, it's like scary as fuck, dude. Like he's got a really powerful voice. That's what I'm saying. Ted Levine's like entire uh, portrayal of Buffalo Bill, emotional roller coaster, everything about that character. He is he is on par as one of the better actors in this movie with anybody else that's in this movie. Yeah, and this whole sequence is pretty cool because you see the FBI going to approach a house. They're going to ring a doorbell, right? They're going to fucking maybe catch Buffalo Bill. And you think it's actually his house that they're raiding. But it turns out it's Clarice at the front door. Uh-oh. I love that. That's such a cool... Like, you get this, like, weird trick thing that happens where you're made to believe that you're seeing in real time uh, Clarice ringing the doorbell of Buffalo Bill, and he's in the basement seeing his doorbell go off. And, like, the first time you watch this, you're 100% think you're about to see the FBI, or, sorry, the FBI bust, you know, Buffalo Bill. But, it, like you said, it's actually Clarice at the door, not the FBI. It, it's such like a really cool, uh, I don't know, just, like, trick that they play on the audience. Bait and switch. Yep. And Bill answers the door. And this is where we get probably all of our favorite lines when Clarice starts questioning Bill about if he knows any of the people that are missing. Mr. Gordon. Um, well, Frederica used to work for Mrs. Lipman. Did you know her? No, uh huh. <laughs> oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> Yeah, she was a big girl. Yeah, she was a big girl, sorry. Oh my god. Real big lady. Uh, just like just like his delivery and her reaction, like so serious and like a great response. Oh, such a good part of the movie. Dude, I think we've been joking about it the entire time. And it's it's really yeah. like it's not a joke about the fact that she was a big fat girl or whatever. It's all about his fucking delivery his of delivery. that line. Is it's the delivery of the so line. Comical. So funny. And it's like uh, not, not like purposefully comical. It's just hilarious now he says that he has something right in the house and like oh like yeah just come inside I'll, I'll give you it's like a card or something and she notices the moths flying around right this is where it all clicks that like oh fuck and she sees like sewing stuff she is in deep shit yeah here. she put it all together at this point yep and she finally pulls out her gun it's like, oh, freeze. And he 
does not give a shit. He just bolts around the corner because he has a gun too. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny too. Like I, I imagine like being in that situation and she has no leverage there. Like he really does. Like if he doesn't want to freeze, he knows his house and he's like in the perfect spot to, to slip away and, and create this situation where it's now a showdown between between him and her in his own territory, basically. Yeah, especially when they go into the basement and the skin-making room and all that shit. And That's uh, so cool. she, Yeah, she, she like, chases him down there. And Catherine has, like, a fucking really great reaction when Clarice... She's, like, yelling for help, right? Clarice is like, hold on. <laughs> it's so genuine. Catherine... I'm gonna get you out of there, but right now, you listen to me. I've gotta leave this room. I'll be right back. No! Don't you leave me here, you fucking bitch! No! Don't you leave me here! This don't you leave me here, you fucking bitch! <laughs> Dude, yeah, I laugh yeah. every time I hear it. It's so good. This fucking basement is also huge. This is straight out of a fucking Rob Zombie movie. Oh, that's for sure. It's a <laughs> fucking labyrinth of a basement, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they find the old woman rotting in the tub too, right? Shining I, reference. I love that. I think it's such a quick thing that happens, but it's one of the coolest things in the movie, in my opinion, is this rotting ass old woman in a bathtub. I also like the Call of Duty night vision scene that we have after this when what he cuts the, the power. fuck is that? Well, he has the night vision goggles on early on in the movie when he's stalking the girl. Remember, he's looking through but like he's got like... Who just has night... Uh, I guess the guys from Step Brothers had it. It makes sense. Yeah, this guy's a fucking professional killer at this point. <laughs> also, it's kind of and- stupid because like... This scene where like he cuts the power and he puts his night vision goggles on and you know it's, it's she's in the dark trying to to fight him and trying to find him like she acts like she's like blinded by the dark for a good three or four minutes, dude. Your eyes adjust to the dark within like thirty seconds. You start yeah, seeing why, shit. That's why you always wear an eye patch because when you go in the dark, you flip it and you can see now. <laughs> see everything. <laughs> That's why pirates used to do that shit. The old pirate trick. Yeah, the old pirate trick. So finally, after this tense standoff in the dark, Clarice shoots Buffalo Bill. He gets a shot off too, though, but she's all right. (laughs) She'll survive. She unloads, though. She fucking busts many caps in his ass. Dude, she gets him. She fucking blasts him. And Clarice is finally a full FBI agent after this, right? Solved one of the major crimes in U.S. history. She's a fucking and at hero. The, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Crawford tells Clarice, good job, right? <laughs> you did a good job doing my job. <laughs> it's it, like we said, we talked about this scene earlier. It, there's like definitely some weird sexual tension between uh, Crawford and Clarice. And it's like. I know that, like, I, I feel like it's mutual. I don't feel like it's just one-sided on the old creepy man's part. I think she's got something going on where she's like, oh, this older man over here is into me. But neither of them really want to, like, move on it, so they kind of don't. But I, I, there's there's definitely some love between these two. And then we get a phone call from the man himself. Wow, Clarice. Have the lamb stopped screaming? Don't bother with the trace. I won't be on long enough. Where are you, Dr. Lecter? 
I have no plans to call on you, Clarice. The world's more interesting with you in it. So you take care now to extend me the same courtesy. You know I can't make that promise. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. And as he's making this phone call, who do we see coming off the plane? Dr. Chilton. Right? I'm so he hunted happy him down. Yeah, he's going to fucking go and eat him finally. So is Dr. Chilton coming to find him or is it like he's on vacation? I was kind of confused as to like what Chilton's doing there. I guess he's trying to find him, right? Because they would have known maybe like, oh, he possibly could have went to this place with this person's ticket. I oh, think yeah, he it was, was a tourist. I think he was on the run because he knew he was going to, if he was escaped, he was coming for him. Maybe he just went to the Bahamas to get away. No, oh, like that's true, too. Yeah. Him. He was scared because he was probably figured he'd be a victim. That's why he was getting off the plane all erratic. That's what he I was noticed. He was kind of like guys, sketchy. Yeah. yeah, he was talking. Well, because he knew that, that Lecter would have been there. That's the other thing. Because remember, he's talking to the guys like, oh, like, do you have like the security, whatever? Yeah, something about security. I remember that. And I was like, oh, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so what are you guys final thoughts on this one uh anthony you want to go first I, I i enjoy the movie very much it's definitely saw at a very young age and i still like it to this day i think it's great so i think that this movie is as also like probably one of the the best movies of all time i think it hits on so many like different levels of being really great um there's something that i noticed this time around that I had never seen before. And the first time I saw it, I thought it was like just a coincidence because there's a scene where you see Buffalo Bill uh, in his one room and he has a blanket that has like these giant yellow swastikas on it. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Maybe it's just kind of like a coincidence. Cause I know that swastikas are, you know, from different, you know, religions and shit like that. But then like, there's another scene later on where in the fucking medical moth room, there's a clear like poster that has a Nazi like propaganda on it with like America open your eyes. So like am I led to believe that Buffalo Bill is a transgender Nazi serial killer? Well, Lecter says at some point that like oh he thought he was many things. You know what I mean? Like he he's confused, like he's bouncing around to all these subcultures and shit. Just trying to fit in that's somewhere, I, maybe. So, like, yeah, that's just kind of like a, I, one of the scenes he was, you know, maybe interested in at one point in time. That's how I took that. There was the, the some of the reception to this movie with the trans and gay community was that like they didn't like how they were portrayed. And the directors and the writers and the the people that worked on adapting it kept on saying that this wasn't a take on transgender or like or or like him being gay. It's more of that he was very emotionally unstable and didn't know how to like and as you just said he's trying to find a place to fit into and it's very hard they kept on saying it's not him being um transsexual it's just that he's fucked up like he's like you know you know what it is it's like they're trying to what you you just said it perfectly he's trying to find a place to fit in and the some of the backlash the movie got was that like oh we don't like how we're being portrayed and the writer's like no we're just trying to show that he is trying to fit in in many different places so i think that's where the swat stickers do fill in did there it, didn't they even like come out and try to say that like he wasn't a gay character that like, they did they said that yeah but at the same time like wasn't uh isn't it like isn't it at one point like hannibal lecter refers to like his lover as a man like the, the dude that was in the jar 
is referred yeah. to as Buffalo Bill's lover that he killed. So like, yeah, but I yeah. think it's just supposed to be like he was confused or whatever. Like that wasn't really like, like he was trying it. There's know? a lot. Of, there's just like you could dissect this. This is like this is like kind of like the shining that we talked about it. There's so many different layers and there's so many different reads on different things and and layers to this movie. And it's so well made that it gives you the uh, the options of reading into things in so many different levels because there's like. Uh, it, it, it's like when you watch a scene, what is important in the scene and what is just filler, all these different things become important as you watch a movie that, that that's wow. this in depth and this well made. I think the basement is just full of stuff that um is if besides like I know how 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 much the spot stickers stand out in that scene because I, I every time I watch it I kind of notice it too. But if you just look at the basement, it's just full of shit. It's just full of so much stuff. Yeah, it's very eclectic. Yeah, old lady stuff. Yeah, so I just feel like he just is like, yo, you know, was the fucking the old place. lady a Nazi? Possible. Holy shit, dude. Possible. Yeah. You never know. So he did a good I thing. I just watch this. I only watch this movie for the key Lazarus scene. That's it. That's really the only. It's the only <laughs> redeeming really fact it. for you. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part of the movie. I can watch that over and over again and listen to that song over and over again. So Grizz, why don't you? Uh, well, you let us know what some other people had to say about this movie. Uh, so, like, obviously, it's it's kind of tough. Like, we we there's a general love for this movie, so it's hard to find uh, a lot of bad reviews or you know people who th- who might not think this is that great. I found one that this uh, this person gave it one star, and it, I liked the review. It was just it was I that was legitimately it. There you go. That's truthful. <laughs> so with that. I saw one review online that just said there's no lambs. <laughs> False advertisement. No lambs. It said it just said I think it was I think it was a fake. It, was, it just says there's no lambs in this movie. And on that note, let's head over to the video dropbox. Okay, back to the video Dropbox, my favorite part of every episode because we get to see what we're going to watch next week. And I'm actually very excited to say we're finally going to do it. We may have done a commentary on it before, but this time we're going to do the deep dive. We're going to do the best Nightmare on Elm Street film ever released, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, the real Freddy Krueger, right? I am so happy to do this. I am extremely pumped to talk about this one, to compare it to some of the others. It's definitely my personal favorite, Grizz. I know it's your personal favorite, like, Anthony. Uh, you're a big fan. I, I, if I, if I think I've said before that I think four is my favorite out of the series to watch, but this is my favorite one to rewatch. I think this one falls in the same layer as I keep on re- referring to Scarface. It's such a fun watch. Hell yeah. This movie and the romantic story between the uh, the lead and Brady is just you know 
you know it's just like <laughs> uh, oh dude that there's, there's some uh def- definite undertones there this, in this, this movie this, this movie is fantastic <laughs> famous for that but let's let's yeah. hit the trailer and then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it someone is coming back to elm street he is not friendly he is not patient And he is not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. There's something inside him. Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street. Get out of here, Lisa! Fight him! Watch out for him. We'll be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2. You are all my children now. Freddy's Revenge. Okay, so uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, the best movie to come out in 1985, <laughs> right? Oh my God, we're going back to 1985, Jesus yeah, 85 Christ. 85 is like a time <laughs> capsule. Hot, yeah. yeah. Bad Taste Video, the 1985 podcast. I'm very excited <laughs> to go back. Let's see what else we can talk about. I think we need to do one episode, one one movie from 1985 every month. Every month. I feel I like just, we have. I feel yeah. like we have. <laughs> we're, I think we just we, we should. That. Oh, 1991, 1985. We should cash in on it. Bad Taste 85. Every yeah, there it is. <laughs> Submission. Throw up your gang sign. Throw it up. Throw it up, baby. <laughs> gang sign. You look like now. a moth. It's yeah, I am a moth. Yeah. <laughs> moth man. Going to the light, baby. All right. So I think that's about it. Anthony, where can they find you on the internet? A Bassini on Instagram. Grizz, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. We also have a Patreon if you want to help pay for our hosting costs, which are starting to cost a little bit more. Uh, Please help us out. We appreciate it. I actually just put something up, uh, I think, last night. There's a a very special thing to watch on there. Uh, Yeah, please rate us five stars. Leave us a good review. It helps us out a lot. Listen to all our friends. I was just on Super Tat Film Club to speak about No Holds Barred a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Go listen to that. Uh, Go listen to Laser Graves with our buddy Ernie Keegan, right? uh, Yeah, the Urns. Shout out to Urns, right? Doing that. Okay, so uh, yeah, we'll see you next week with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Guys, anything? Happy Super Bowl. Yeah, happy snow, happy snow day again. Yeah. I think Tom At, at this Brady point, won. I already know who won, and it's, it sucks. So. It's Tom Brady? Tom Brady won? Tom Brady won. Tom Brady won. All right, there you go. All right, we will see you guys next week with some more Freddy Krueger action. Just begin to fall